When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. You want reckless speculation? How about reckless trade speculation? Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, everybody. Mackie and Judd here. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, and we want titles. That's the mission statement of this show. Uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. You can also hear him on the Scoop podcast every single week. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams and the NBA aggregator website's favorite person to quote from <laughs> that week, podcast this, this week. This week, Doogie wins. Dude, I love it. Like, Broke I the mean, internet. What's funny, it's like you flo- like you report things all the time, and you have all these big interviews. And um, and you even said in the episode from a few days back, you're like, I'm probably bearing the lead on this, but I got a text message from somebody in the know, and I asked them how badly do the Wolves want Ben Simmons, and he said badly, and it's a great nugget. You know, you didn't you didn't portray it as like I talked to a general manager from another team. You floated it out there, and it's like like the New York Post picked it up. Uh, Sixers blogs just like had a field day saying, "Oh, we can get rid of Ben Simmons." Here's seven trades that matter. <laughs> so, um, I guess uh, your thoughts now after a few days of being through the aggregator news cycle, Doogie. I mean, I feel the same as I did the other day, Phil. Good morning, by the way, gentlemen. Not only is it, you know, happy. Reckless Speculation Day. Happy name, image, likeness day. I just got off a Zoom with Abel Steveson, Gophers wrestler, who's leaving for Tokyo on July 17th. He signed an endorsement deal or is in the process of signing an endorsement deal with GoPuff. I know Tanner Morgan of the Gophers has an endorsement deal lined up. So that's one heck of a talker that I'll be attacking later on for the TV gig. But yeah, in terms of Ben Simmons, I feel... The same as I did a few days ago, heck, as I did going back multiple months, that Gerson Rosas, others with the Wolves, are big-time fans of Ben Simmons, that if there is a way to facilitate a trade, the Wolves are are at least going to explore every possibility. That's a two-team trade. That's a three-team trade with Sachin Gupta, the creator of the trade machine in the Wolves' front office. If they can concoct some sort of four-team trade, they will explore all possibilities. That doesn't mean that the Wolves are going to present Philadelphia the best offer. It's possible Portland, Washington, maybe New York, maybe New Orleans, maybe some other franchise is able to to make a better offer and Ben ends up somewhere else. But make no mistake about this. I feel very confidently about this, Phil, that the Wolves have trade interest in Ben Simmons. What's the potential... um, timing here too then like if if there is going to be a trade involving Simmons are we talking about a short term here are we talking about a month out like what's the most likely timing of of a trade so that Philadelphia can field 
the offers and actually make a decision on uh, trading him. Because I do think he gets moved. Like, I, I don't see how he, he goes back there. But there's some people that think it's going to happen very short term. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as the calendar is now flipped to July, mm-hmm. like this month seems pretty darn logical, if not July, August. But you think about the draft happening this month, you know, a team like New Orleans has a lottery pick. So presumably, if New Orleans does get involved, that lottery pick is going to be on the table. You know, you've got other teams. New York has multiple first-round picks. If New York wants to get involved, I mean, the Knicks with Tibbs and Leon Rose, they are going to strike at some point. It may not necessarily be Ben Simmons. I don't know if Philadelphia and New York would make a deal just with that rivalry, you know, but like New York has has multiple first-round picks. There are other teams with multiple first-round picks if they want to get involved. So with the draft happening here in about less than four weeks, yeah, I mean, sometime over the next four, five, six weeks. And I'm with you, Judd. Like, I think it's when, not if. I don't know how Philadelphia runs this thing back. I think they need to make a move. We have the news that Ben Simmons won't play in Tokyo for Australia. He's going to stay stateside you know, work on his skill development, you know? So, I mean, that just, that lends me to to think even more so that, okay, like there's a reason for him not to head to Tokyo, to not put his body on the line, that that change is likely to come. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's in the next handful of weeks. I mean, we've already seen one transaction, one trade with Kemba Walker being moved by Boston, all the GMs, all the, you know, front office personnel just are getting back to their cities from being in Chicago for the last, seven, eight, nine days for the combine. Then some of these pro days, the last few days, inevitably trade talks were happening. So yeah, I mean, this is when things are starting to pick up. So yeah, I mean, it makes logical sense that if a trade does happen and you and I are on the same page on that, Judd, it's when, not if, that that it happens sometime in the next handful of weeks. Uh, one of the one of the many websites and platforms that picked up Doogie's reporting on this was phillysportsnetwork.com. And they had three potential trades between the Sixers and the Timberwolves, and one of them was a three-team deal involving the Raptors. And it would send it would send. I mean, it had a bunch of moving parts, but Kyle Lowry would wind up being the uh, like the the three-point shooting guard that Philadelphia sort of covets. I mean, he's like 34, 35 years old, but but it, it wound up with Ben Simmons landing on the Timberwolves without the Timberwolves giving up Cat, Ant, or D'Lo, but they had to give up two first-round picks, Beasley. Um, Rubio's expiring to to the Raptors. I guess my question is, is there any way the Wolves could acquire Ben Simmons without giving up one of those three main core players, Dukes? I mean, that's the fascinating question, right, Phil? Like, if they do end up striking a deal and it doesn't involve any of those guys, you would have to add the 2022 first, the 2024 first, Jaden McDaniels. I mean... That's yeah. a name that hasn't come up. Are you willing to put Jaden McDaniels on the table? Leandro Balmaro, I think, is coming over here this summer. I mean, my sense is he's definitely coming over this summer. He just had a good final two-month run with his team in Spain, both in EuroLeague and in the Spanish League. Like, if he were in this draft, my sense is he goes higher than where he went last November. Where did he go last November? The early 20s. I think if he were in this draft... He's more like late lottery, maybe between 15 and 18, if not late lottery. You know, so, I mean, he's an interesting trade chip 
You know, I mean, that's what it would entail, though, right, Phil? Like, if Portland put C.J. McCollum on the table, and you're Philadelphia, and you gave Doc Rivers all this money, Joel Embiid, like the clock is ticking on Embiid with his monster contract, with his injury history, like, it's hard for me to see Philadelphia accepting a deal where it looks like they are hitting the reset button. So they need immediate help. Now, to me, does Malik Beasley make sense with that Philadelphia roster that they need shooting help, that Seth Curry can't do it all? Yeah, I think Malik Beasley on the court could absolutely help the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, but like to me, you need to give them some immediate help. I also think the idea of a three-team deal makes more sense than just the Wolves and the Sixers matching up. Kyle Lowry makes a lot of sense, right, with his Philadelphia ties, right? Like, is he either from Philly? He went to Villanova. I mean, he's got, yeah. he's got Philadelphia ties. I don't know if he's right from the inner city or, or from the surrounding area, you know, East Coast guy. But, like, Kyle Lowry is Philadelphia, like, through and through. And they had trade interest in him at the deadline. Toronto being at pick four looks like a pretty good spot for Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green where – you know, they can move on from Kyle, but then Kyle in a signing trade can get the contract that he's desiring. Like Kyle Lowry in Philadelphia makes a ton of sense. So, like, I like that sort of idea. I'll just say this much. I don't foresee a scenario where Anthony Edwards is going anywhere. And I'll continue to say that the idea to me is to combine Ben Simmons with D'Angelo Russell, that they played together in high school, that there's a bond there that there's instant synergy there, that the idea is not to send D'Lo out. Yeah, I love so, it. like, I don't see a scenario where D'Angelo Russell is leaving with Simmons coming in. I got my all eyes north. I'm just a, I'm a <laughs> Wolves, I'm a Wolves off-season speculation stand right now. Just, like, enjoy. I could listen to Doogie talk about these scenarios for, like, 20 straight hours, and I would just be drooling the whole time. But, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's great talk radio fodder, podcast fodder, And, like, I'm telling you, like, I feel uber confident that the Wolves have a lot of trade interest in Ben, but it's not like it's just solely him. We also know this. Based on Gerson's on-the-record comments, based on Glenn Taylor's on-the-record comments, based on logic, looking at the Wolves' salary structure, that their path to improving next year is to make a trade or two this summer. That it's not signing a free agent that now we know they don't at this second have a draft pick. They could always buy or trade for a draft pick. I wouldn't rule out a scenario like that. But right now, as we sit here, they don't have a draft pick. So their path to improvement entails Gerson doing what he loves. I mean, Gerson loves to go big star hunting. So trust me, like that's what he's doing. I'm talking to Chris Finch here in a few minutes. I don't know what the heck he'll say on the record, you know, over Zoom. But I'll certainly ask him about the fascination of of this offseason and just how heightened trade talks are right now coming off all those guys being in Chicago together. This is so damn juicy. It's great. Um, oh, sorry. You. I'll, yeah. I'll hit I'll yeah. you. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. sorry, my bad. And, Dukes, we, we touched on this uh, briefly on the bonus scoop on Tuesday, but where do things stand with the sale as well, too? Because I'm sure that's going to go hand-in-hand hand with some moves that eventually might be made as things continue to evolve internally as far as who owns this team? Well, I mean, it's now in a judge's hands. A judge is, is looking at what Meyer Orbach is, is you know, throwing out there with, with his lawsuit. 
And, you know, that hubbub, that back and forth, there's no sense that, that what Meyer, that litigation is going to throw a wrench in, in the A-Rod Mark Laurie purchase. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting to me is, like, I'm not convinced that A-Rod and Laurie have the cash flow right this second. That Mark Laurie's personal wealth, the number's extremely high, but that doesn't mean he has access to all that money immediately. That's why they're buying in only at 20%, that the idea is over the next two and a half years that they will acquire the money they need and will transition to being majority owners. This is to be the month where the Board of Governors, with their regularly scheduled meeting, I don't have the specific date, but the Board of Governors, they meet, they will meet here in the month of July. The idea going back weeks was at this Board of Governors meeting, they would approve the transaction with Alex and Mark. But at this point, with the litigation up in the air, like I don't know how you present it to the Board of Governors, just with everything, right. you know, not settled. So again, I don't have a sense that that ultimately this is going to derail the the transaction with A Rod and Lori. But I'm just not quite sure here in the month of July if the Board of Governors is going to be able to approve things. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, a shout out to our friends at Federated here. I mean, we love ourselves a little reckless speculation Thursday. Reckless speculation may not seem like it, but Federated is also all in on reckless speculation Thursday. But what they do is they provide things to help your business to make things less reckless. That's what they do at Federated. So uh, they uh, and there's a full list of industries Federated protects on their website, but they provide specialized products and services tailored to your business's needs to make sure that you're covered from a number of different angles. Sleep better at night as a business owner. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Reckless speculation. Uh, I, uh, one more quick Wolves thing here. Is there any, do you sense that they're going to try and get back in the draft? They have no draft picks. I mean, are they, are they, are they going to try and swing something for a late first or a second or? Do they not really care at this point? There's a lot of teams open for business. So, yeah, I mean, I think the idea of them acquiring some pick, I can't tell you if it'll be a first-round pick or a second-round pick. But, yeah, Phil, I feel pretty confident. And, like, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that the Wolves are going to end up with a pick. But I feel confident that the idea of acquiring a pick has come up internally. They are hosting a big draft workout next week with all teams invited. In fact, I heard today that Brad Stevens – who now runs the Celtics as RSVP. He'll be in town. But just about every team will have some sort of representation here in town. Upwards of 45 to 50 draft prospects will be in town. I just got to note that Marcus Garrett, the former Kansas Jayhawks stud, he's among players that have RSVP'd. So, will- so they're, they're organizing this just so they can talk trade efficiently well, with everyone who's showing up, right? Too. 100% Phil. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sing it. Keep singing that. I mean, yes. that's, that's a great, it's a great spot. You can, it's like speed dating for trade talks, right? Hey, who do you got? You genius. Yes. I love this <laughs> idea that the Wolves concocted with Utah having some say in it as well, that, that Utah helped form this idea that it's the Jazz and the Wolves. It just so happens that Minneapolis is the spot to be able to bring all the, the players into town. But yes. Yeah. When Brad Stevens is here, when, you know, I don't know if Daryl Morey is coming or not. I'll try to find out, but whomever is coming from Philly, like, yes, you are going to meet face-to-face. And, yes, you're not catching up about, hey, how's your family? You might for a second, but you are talking shop, right? You are talking. You're literally doing your job as a member of the front office. You are going to talk about 
some other GM's roster and who's available, who's not available. It's not breaking often we news. get breaking news during the scoop segment here, boys. But it's a good yeah. segment because I know Judd, I know Judd has some Jose Barrios questions and some Twins questions that we'll tee up here in a second. But the Twins just sent out a release. It's official. The Matt Shoemaker era is over in Minnesota. Oh. Our oh. long national nightmare is over. So Matt Shoemaker winds up too late. among pitchers who've pitched at least 50 innings in a season for the Twins. One of the three or four worst ERAs. His ERA jumped over eight for the season last night. Uh, I don't know how he... It, it almost felt like an office space situation, like Milton in the basement. Like they just forgot that he was on the roster and kept collecting paychecks. I don't know how he was still here last night to give up eight runs, but he did, and uh, and now he is gone. He is no longer a Twins player. Man, that's just a shame. Uh, so, Dukes, on Barrios, <laughs> let's turn the page on the shoe, the shoe, the, sh- the shoe show, as, as I called it last <laughs> night on Twitter, because it was a shoe show. Uh, so, um, Jeff Pass and ESPN did a really comprehensive, I think it was 20, 20 question and answer trade insider yesterday, and he cut to, to the chase like we probably should. So, like Nelson Cruz, Simmons, there's guys who are almost certainly going to be traded, and that's all well and good, but they're going to get you something back, not a lot. Uh, but Passon, who I consider to be probably the elite of the elite when it comes to n- knowing what's going on, wrote what we've been talking about, which is it appears Jose Brios is available. What can you tell us about that, Doogie? And what do you, what's your sense of what the return would have to be? Because they're, they're obviously not dying to trade him. Uh, but it appears contractually there is some concern he'd walk after 2022. Where do you think things stand as far as the reality of a Brios trade before 3 p.m. on July 30th, which is the deadline? Passing is A-plus. Ken Rosenthal is yeah. A-plus. Those would be yep. the two go-tos. I think everybody, Judd, is available for the right return. Like, I don't think they have an untouchable. I'll continue to say that I will be surprised if Jose Barrios gets dealt. But if Toronto, not many people are talking about Boston, but I can tell you he has fans with the Red Sox. There are others that, that can use a starting pitcher. Atlanta, the Mets. Heck, would the Angels think about a long-term sort of play with his representation out in Southern California? Like, there's a lot of logical landing spots. But I'm just telling you, after talking to Derek Falvey for a while, what was that, a week or two ago, we talked on mic, off mic. I just, I get the sense that he really feels like, like, this is a blip. Like, they can rebound in a significant way in 2022. And if they are to rebound, next year now hey the White Sox aren't going anywhere the Royals have an unbelievable farm system at least at the very top but some of these guys are knocking on the door of helping the major league team so it won't be easy in 2022 but that Falvey feels like they can rebound in a pretty big way next year so if you are to rebound next year Mm -hmm. I think Jose Barrios is here I do and if need be you look at it a year from now see where you are late June early July of 2022, if you're not in contention at that point, then yeah. I mean, you could still get a decent return one year from now for Barrios if you can't come to some sort of long-term agreement this winter. And they've talked to his representation many, many times. They have. They have made multiple offers trying to get him locked up to a long-term deal. They haven't come to a happy medium. It's not a shock that the Twins prefer team-friendly deals. Look at the Polanco extension. Look at the Kepler extension. I guess to some extent, look at the Dobnak extension. 
but like they love at least one team option, if not multiple team options. They try to get these guys on on their terms. Barrios is not open to signing a long term deal, mostly on the Twins' terms. So you know, I don't think a long term deal is is imminent. But I'm just telling you, I think he is here on July 31st. I may be proven wrong. And it's fluid. Like, if Toronto wants to make some new offer two weeks from now, I get it. If I get steam on that, great, fine. I'll say as such. But as we sit here on the morning of July 1st, I just don't sense that Barrios is, like, ready to pack his bags, that, that some trade is, like, going to happen real soon. So, Dukes, you had that conversation with Derek Falvey, and, and you know, obviously, like, he's going to hope that it's a blip and think that it's a blip and, and try and look ahead to what they can do in 2022. And and for the record, I have spent the majority of five years lauding praise because I think they've done a lot of great work behind the scenes, building up more of a modern front office and scouting department. Obviously, they had the home run the home run record they set two years ago, and like there's been a lot of really good things happen. But it's really hard to just dismiss the bad things that have happened this year. I mean, there I I posted this on Twitter last night. So the Twins have given up the second most runs in baseball as a team. Nearly half of the runs they've given up are credited to Matt Shoemaker, Jay Happ, Alex Colomay, and Hansel Robles, and Randy Dobnak. Four of those guys are the Twins' free agent pitching acquisitions from this winter, and Randy Dobnak is the long-term extension. You know, it's not break-the-bank money, but like they said, we really like this guy. Those are the like five of the worst. Well, Robles has been better than the other ones, but those are five of the worst pitchers in baseball this year, all whom the Twins gave their blessing to this offseason, not to mention... Some of the other little minor moves like Lamont Wade Jr. has been really good for San Francisco. And Sean Anderson's been DFA'd by like half the league this year, right? Like all these little things too. So I personally am starting to turn a little bit of a side eye at this Twins front office and some of the things that they whiffed on over the past 12 months. What's your sense of, uh, of how they feel and just like the mistakes that they've made in the last few months? I'm still mad about Nick Anderson going back a few years. I'm actually yeah. catching up with Nick today, yeah. get, a, get an update on, on how rehab is going. But like Nick Anderson last year was, in the last two years really, has been one of the best relievers in all of baseball, for sure the American League down there with mm-hmm. the Rays, Minnesota native. Yeah, I mean, outside of, Phil, outside of Nelson Cruz, now Josh Donaldson has been good this year, but yeah. I don't think you're getting $23 million worth of, of production from Josh Donaldson. So like to me, outside of Nelson Cruz, Point to me the good free agent move they've made, this regime. I struggle to find it. Man, there's been a lot, a lot of whiffs. And you know what's 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 unfortunate about it too is they've come in here and they've done a lot of things different behind the scenes that don't show up in like a headline necessarily, but they've beefed up their like I said, they've beefed up their systems behind the scenes, and that's led to some better play on the field than at the end of the Terry Ryan era. But ultimately Aside from Josh Donaldson, the free agent approach has been very similar to the Terry Ryan, sort of the, the overarching poll ad approach to we're not super comfortable with long-term deals. Going to have to twist our arm on that. Short one- and two-year deals on bargain bin guys. And, you know, oftentimes you get what you pay for. Matt Shoemaker is a great example of that, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, it goes both ways, though. Like, I would say they got lucky. They offered Kirby Yates a contract. That would have been a disaster, right? They yeah. offered Corey Kluber a contract. That would have been a disaster. But then the flip side to that is they did offer Zach Wheeler a contract. He's been lights out. Doesn't mean he would have been lights out here, but he's been so good for the Phillies. They tried on you Darvish, who's been good since he signed that contract. Maybe not great, but 
good, you know. So, you know, they've whiffed on on some guys. They tried to sign Craig Kimbrell, you know, and Craig has been a roller coaster with the Cubs, but I think he's been pretty good this year. I mean, he's played a role in Chicago's success this year. They were only willing to do a two-year deal yeah. for Kimbrell. So, I mean, they've they've tried on a lot of guys, and they've swung and missed some good, you know, grateful that they swung and missed. Hell, they had some interest in Marcelo Zuna, right? It was more a leverage ploy to get Cruz to sign, but right. they actually had some interest in, in Ozuna. So, you know, it's it's worked both ways. But, like, I also had this. Like, to me, look at that White Sox roster. How the heck are you going to be better than Chicago next year? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't – to me, it's tough to see the path mm-hmm. to the Twins overtaking the White Sox in 2022. Hey, Dukes, do, do we think that the patience with Sano has basically run out? Because he right now is a platoon player. Rocco was asked about it again yesterday and very clearly said he ain't hurt and basically said Kirloff's going to start against righties. Sano will start against lefties. The problem there is Sano splits against southpaws. Are, it's absolutely awful. Do we think that we are seeing the last months of Sano with the Twins because this is just – they? finally reach the breaking point with the inconsistency and the plethora of strikeouts? Well, I think we're going to see what we've been seeing, and I haven't seen the lineup. I don't even know if it's posted for today, but they are facing a lefty. He'll be in, I think, With the White Sox. So, yeah, I mean, I expect Sano to be in the lineup today, but, like, when you say, Judd, the end of Sano, like, who's taking on that contract? I don't think the Twins are just going to eat that contract. So, I mean, I think he's here for for a while longer. I mean, if somebody wants to eat – even a, a decent portion of it and the twins have to eat a little bit. I'm sure they'd be open-minded to such a scenario, but like he doesn't have value around the game. You know, so I think, I think it's going to be what we've seen that, you know, he's going to be a platoon guy that he's not going to play a ton the rest of the way. The other thing to keep in mind is the way Jose Miranda is mashing right now, you know, off to a nice start with triple yep. a St. Paul he did play some first base for double-A Wichita. That was more out of circumstance. He told us the other day his actual favorite position is second base, but I think maybe long-term he projects more as a third baseman, but it would be interesting if you looked at the possibility of Miranda playing first base if you think Kirilov projects better as a corner outfielder. Yeah. Uh, I know you got to go. you got to talk to Chris Finch here, Dugues, and so we'll let you uh, do your A job, and we'll catch you for some uh, more scoops next week. Take it easy, boys. Have a good one. Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. Just crushes. His A job, Phil, to be clear, is feeding us scoops, okay? (laughs) Like, let's let's be very clear. And and the best part, the first scoop is free. After that, he starts charging. <laughs> I don't. Do I got I got more scoops. Okay, <laughs> pay for it now. I don't scoop for free. I don't okay. scoop for free. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into some of this stuff that uh, we alluded to. The, the Josh Donaldson's had a really interesting last forty-eight hours, just fighting not only White Sox pitchers and Giolito through the media, but let's let's play a couple clips here. So we've had we had Donaldson sort of taunting Giolito um, a couple nights ago, and then Giolito's response in the Zoom press conference after the game, and then Donaldson said, yeah, I actually uh, met him in the parking lot, old school style. So let's hear from Josh Donaldson here. He didn't have really much to say. You know, he he said that he thought it was annoying. I said, so what? I'm on the opposing team. What do you care about me? I said, I'm in your face. I'm telling you what what I think. 
what do you got to say about that? And he didn't have any response. <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep going. This is amazing. He said, I wish he'd say it to my face, right? Well, I did say it to his face. We, we, we had a talk last night. And let's just, let's just be quite frank with this. He didn't have much to say. <laughs> One more. Well, guess what? Mr. Giolito, your fastball spin rate's down 200. Your curveball spin rate's down four, 500. Your slider's down 200. So, look, if we're going to talk about class, are we going to, are we, what side are you going to choose? Are you, are you going to speak, uh, take the side of someone who's playing the game fair? Or are you going to take the side of somebody that was probably cheating before this happened? So that was the greatest Zoom press conference in the history of pandemic press conferences. This was like 18 minutes of unplugged Donaldson. At one point, he went after Ozzie Guillen because Guillen Guillen said on the White Sox postgame show that, hey, you should throw a fastball into his ribs. And Donaldson Mm -hmm. brought the receipts of Ozzie's career OPS OPS. and his pro Fidel Castro comments. And he was right. And he was right. But but Josh's point was a, a lot of people are talking bleep about me. And I'm a guy who's won an MVP and been to three all-star games. They quickly forget how good I am. It was, I mean, it was great, great theater for like 18 minutes of unplugged Josh. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm going to shut this so this dog doesn't uh, derail this amazing amazing Josh Donaldson comment. So um, these come out, Jeb was on this, was, was monitoring the zoom and these come out. And I think like all three of us were kind of in harmony. Yeah, this is, this is amazing. First it's, it's entertaining. Josh Donaldson makes baseball fun for one thing. Um, But I saw a lot of reaction that was sort of the opposite, which is, you know, he is being over the top and classless. And even like, you know, Judd had this take yesterday and, you know, you need to just sort of shut your mouth when you're 12 or 13 games back. And, it all culminated with an article that was posted last night that I want to touch on for a second here. But I have come to the conclusion the last 24 to 48 hours that through the this crappy twin season and this pandemic, whatever the recipe is, that we have apparently all just lost our minds when it comes to this baseball team and looking at it. Okay, so the twins, let's go through the list here real quick. The twins are 13 games back. Their pitching staff has given up the second most runs in baseball because all of the team's offseason acquisitions have flopped. They just DFA'd Matt Shoemaker here uh, about five minutes ago. Miguel Sano, supposed to be one of the centerpieces of this franchise. He's a bench player now. He's a platoon bench player. Max Kepler, supposed to be a centerpiece of this franchise. He's been one of the worst players for the Twins the last two seasons, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All of these things, and there's more, by the way, like all these things to focus on and to criticize and to put under a microscope. Meanwhile, Josh Donaldson's out here. He's calling out cheating pitchers, hitting bombs off cheating pitchers and generally showing a level of spark and passion that people have craved from this ball club for years and years, right? I mean... People criticize Joe Maurer, who I think is a Hall of Famer, because he didn't show enough passion, right? The, 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 the Twins, if they want to beat the Yankees, you just need to show more fire and passion. That was, that's was that been a discussion for years in this town. And through all of this, right, Josh Donaldson's out here just fighting cheating pitchers and hitting bombs, and he's like one of the only good things about this year's Twins team. And all these other things are going 
off the rails. And we get this article from the esteemed twinsdaily.com yesterday. Is Josh Donaldson one of the all-time least likable Twins players? Josh Donaldson was brought to Minnesota to help push a winning team to the next level. Instead, he's been part of multiple regrettable moments, and he might be one of the all-time least likable Twins players. Honestly, if you look at the last three months of Twins baseball, and I get so Donaldson was hurt last year, and his presence might have made a difference in the playoffs, and I'll grant you that. Like, his injury history came back to bite everyone involved last year. He's been mostly healthy this year. He's been largely productive this year. He's hitting bombs. He's showing the same fire and emotion that everyone knew he has shown at every stop, whether it's Cleveland or Atlanta or Toronto or Oakland. Like, this is who he's been as an MVP, as an injured player. Regardless, this is who he's been for 10 years. And he's bringing all of those things to this year's Twins team. And he's one of, like, a small handful of things that are actually showing life on this team. Mm-hmm. And we're criticizing him? He's calling out cheating pitchers and hitting bombs off of them and showing fire. And we're criticizing him and saying that he's not likable. Oh, he's just like, he needs to pump the brakes and cool it. Honestly, if you think Josh Donaldson's a problem for this team, you deserve a losing baseball team. That's my take on it. I'm just like so sick of all these other things you could focus on. And Josh Donaldson's the one that we're going to throw under the bus. Give me a break. Well, I think what's also weird about it in this market is the amount of defending that goes on of players who aren't mm-hmm. good. And that, that's what that's what makes this odd. Now, my only problem with Donaldson is the team sucks and he was chirping. And look, he is on his own personal crusade. And I actually admire this part to clean up the game. Um, and as far as I know, he's the only player out there who's continually basically like at times naming names. He, he said he's got a, a list of 150 pitchers who from 2017 until now, their spin rates had improved, had gone up. And, mm-hmm. and like he, he flat out said, I'm, he's got like a book because he said, I'm not naming names, but I've got a list of guys. Mm-hmm. So like this is his own personal crusade. And, and it actually, that's ballsy. I, like that takes guts. He's calling out people within his yeah. own league. And you so think, think a, about like like all of that that you just said, and and then he hits a bomb off Giolito, and and essentially just stands there with really no backing from. Like, it's not like anyone was backing him. He was just out in front, figuratively in front of the entire White Sox on the road, and he's taunting them through a Zoom press conference call, and he's doing all this stuff. Like that was a pregame press conference that you just saw. That was yeah, a pre- he, and he wanted to do he, it pregame. And he walks up to the plate, and these pitchers are holding rocks in their hands and throw them 95 miles an hour. And with zero fear, this dude steps in and hits another bomb. Like, and bat flips. Come on. Yes. And admires dude, it, he too, should which, be by the way, celebrated. He is a national treasure, for but, God's sakes. But my problem is this team stinks. And what I would really like him to start doing unprompted is calling out his team too like that that's what i want i want him to turn on the whole flipping thing because it's driving me crazy (laughs) but like i i'm coming down on every part of this team and i feel like our show is as well and it doesn't feel like the market as a whole is doing justice i mean miguel sanoa's a part-time player now and now it's it's gone from you don't he he's the next killer brew you don't get it to okay let's ignore that let's shove that below i mean how many people are (laughs) tweeting about this or talking about this he's a part-time player he's a platoon player this is a huge deal there are so many guys on this team who are awful. And again, this all comes back to it's an unlikable team now. I don't even know why, but they are. Um, but my only criticism with Donaldson was your team sucks and you're chirping about 
the, the home run. And he said, and here, here's my, here's my big problem. He said, and I believe this, that he was saying it's not sticky to like try and get the team going, but he should say, <laughs> you guys suck so bad. You got no chance. You got no chance to do what I did. So just screw you. So that, but as far as his crusade now, and, and as far as his personality and this zoom press conference, it was all fantastic. I love yeah. that stuff. That's fun. He speaks his mind. You know what? And Phil, you're right. You signed this guy knowing the price of poker. This was a guy who almost started a bench clearing ball a brawl with Glenn Perkins over a foul ball. Okay, so like Glenn, this is not Glenn, Glenn started it. In fairness, Glenn well, chirped. No, Donald, Glenn chirped. Yeah, but Donaldson admired a foul ball, which is very Donaldson like. And then Glenn yeah. chirped. But the point being is, you knew exactly what you were getting here, and you know what? We welcomed that part. And so like now to be, he's un- unlikable as a person uh, in the comments to the, to the uh, piece that you're talking about on twins daily said, if you don't have Ricky Nolasco atop your list, you ain't doing the right list. Now he might be controversial. Donaldson is controversial. He might be brash. He's brash. I mean, he's basically a latter day Dan Gladden. He's Gladden. Gladden was the same exact way. He would chirp yeah. you for and and look if Gladden if Gladden was around t- today, he'd be pulling the same stunts. Gladden drove to a teammate's house and beat him up on his own front lawn. Yeah. Also, like oh. li- like who who cares about likable? I mean, let's face it. Let's be real. The most famous and likable player in Twins history, Kirby Puckett, has a pretty dark personal life history. Mm-hmm. All right. So we can sit here and talk about likability. But I just I, I tweeted this last night too. I'd love to see a Venn diagram of people that destroyed Joe Maurer for never showing enough passion and leadership and bite, and the same people who also take issue with this. He said, "I wish he'd say it to my face, right?" Well, I did say it to his face. We 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 had a talk last night. And let's just let's just be quite frank with this. He didn't have much to say. I mean, how can you how not want that on your team? Are the, you kidding me? The T-shirt. You got something to say? Oh, he's my king. Dude, inject this into my well, vein. Guess what? Mr. Giolito, your fastball spin rate's down 200. Your curveball spin rate's down four, 500. Your slider's down 200. So, look. If we're going to talk about class, are we going to? Are we, what side are you going to choose? Are you are you going to speak, uh, take the side of someone who's playing the game fair, or are you going to take the side of somebody that was probably cheating before this happened? Dude, yep. I'm I'm giddy listening to these quotes. Well, and like, he also, come I, on, I give him credit. He brings the receipts as well. Yeah, like like he's got his facts straight. Like he's not making Dude. stuff up. He looks stuff up. He is. I mean, I I think the most interesting thing about his presence is the fact that it and I I am not using this word lightly. He is on a crusade like he's on a crusade to clean up the game. And and I don't think that there's a lot of players, unless I've missed it, uh, who are doing this. And if they are, they're being quiet about it. I I mean, this guy is calling out, Phil, to your point, this guy is calling out continually the very people that could throw a ball at his head. That, that's that, what you just said is it. Like the reason why you don't, well, there's two reasons why you don't do it. Number one, your own pitchers are also the same pitchers that you're on a crusade against are also like make up half of your teammate base. But, but most more, of them right? stink and he knows it. And that's what I sort of love about it. Right. Um, but like he's doing this. I, I know they got smoked last night and I know that 
his home run was the basically the end of the Twins' feel good vibes last night. But he talked all of that trash, and all of it was accurate. It was factual, and and it was like his whole mission is I'm going to eradicate cheating among pitchers. Right, that's his mission, and he does this all before the game. On the road, hostile environment, and that pitcher could throw a fastball at your earlobe and end your season. Right? He has no fear of it, no fear. Like he no. walked up and hit a bomb and admired it and dropped his bat and walked backwards out of the batter's box. Like how you can consume all of that over the last couple of days and think anything other than man, the Twins need more of that. The Twins need guys who can hit, hit like JD. The Twins need guys who can show some attitude and some fight like J.D. Am I saying he's this great behind-the-scenes leader? No, I mean, he, maybe he is kind of a pariah. Maybe he is a little bit I, – I don't I'm, – I'm not in the clubhouse, and we haven't had access, quite frankly, to the clubhouse since he's been here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe there's I, – you know, I sense, based on the way that he has been covered this season, and it's been through kind of a critical tone throughout a lot of different publications – it feels to me like he ruffles feathers behind the scenes and that sure. that starts to leak out. But you know what? I brought this up yesterday or two days ago. Barry Bonds ruffled a lot of feathers, and his team has won a lot of games and almost won a World Series in 2002 at the peak of his Barry Bondsness, right? Like, baseball is a sport of mercenaries. It's not, it's not like the NBA or NHL where it's a, it's, a bun- it's a symbiotic relationship and play calling and scheming and football. It's... It's a series of one-on-one matchups, and if your hitter can beat that pitcher on a regular basis like Josh Donaldson has throughout his career, then I want that guy on my team 99 times out of 100. And if you internally as a team, and especially front office, have a problem with him, that's a you problem because, again, you knew exactly who you were getting. Like, there's nothing he is doing that I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He, like, I, if, like if Kepler did started yes, doing this, exactly like, where's right. this coming from? Exactly What's happening? right. If, if a guy like Kepler went off, I'd be like, well, this is really out, out of character. That's weird. And you know what? That might be a we got to sit him down and talk to him thing. But Josh Donaldson, you signed him for this purpose. Just because I didn't like one thing, because I'm mad at the entire team, rightfully so, um, doesn't mean that I'm like, well, I also didn't see that coming. And, you know, that's a shocker. He is yeah. doing he is doing exactly what you expected. And if they are now saying, well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know about this. That's your problem. That That's your fault. And that's another and also that's another misjudgment by you, which is and at the end of this year, I'm very curious. Who's going to do the um, evaluation, the employee evaluation on Falvey, Levine, Rocco? Who gets to do that? Because there's been a lot of stuff. I'm sorry. We've seen. I'm not saying no one's going to be fired. And I'm not just to be clear. I'm not calling for heads here. Uh, But we also have seen things that can't be ignored. Mm -hmm. Well, I I said this when Doogie was on here for the scoop segment, but it's worth reiterating. The Twins have given up the second most runs in baseball this year. They gave up another double-digit number last night. And just under half of the runs they've given up are credited to Matt Shoemaker, DFA'd this morning, Jay Happ, Alex Colome, Hansel Robles. All Those were the four main free agent pitching signings. And Randy Dobnak, who signed that long-term extension, didn't break the bank, but like he's right. ironclad signed through 2025 with a couple team options after. 
and he's been mostly unpitchable for the Twins. Mm-hmm. And with some of the other you know minor moves that whiffed throughout the offseason, um, boy, like it's it's really hard to give them full benefit of the doubt that this is just a blip bad season. Also, we're five years in, and there are definitely some pitching prospects still on the horizon. But like, is it just the mirage on the horizon of the desert that there's always just going to be like three or four guys on the horizon that are going to come save the right. day, and ultimately you're standing in the desert still. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's been five years. Where's the pitching? Right. Where well, is and, it? And and the thing the thing is. I'm not saying where's the pitching from a standpoint of why didn't you go out and sign high profile guys? I'm saying it from a standpoint of you were supposed to develop it. Like, like it's not, it's not that a guy like the shoe shouldn't have been here because you went out and signed a superior free agent pitcher, right? It's that where was the guy that you developed who was in double a a couple of years back and emerged now. And it, and they just don't, I mean, the thing is it's just it boggles my mind when I see what they've done that they haven't stumbled across like two guys like that, yeah. and they haven't. Yeah. So, man, I don't know. I I just need to inject this one more time here, just yep. one more time. Well, guess what, Mister Giolito, your fastball spin rate's down two hundred. Your curveball spin rate's down four five hundred. Your slider's down two hundred. So. Look, if we're going to talk about class, are we going to? Are we, what side are you going to choose? Are you are you going to speak, uh, take the side of someone who's playing the game fair, or are you going to take the side of somebody that was probably cheating before this happened? He went and found him in the parking lot. <laughs> I mean, just let's I think about him. that for a second. Let's just talk about that for a second. <laughs> He said, I happen, he said something like, I happened to see him in the park. Bull crap. He went and waited him out in the players' parking lot on the south side of Chicago. It's <laughs> true. Like, like I don't right, feel yeah, like right. we're giving a, full appreciation to the Jets and Sharks mentality of Donaldson. He's on the south side of Chicago, and he told the team to either wait. I don't know what he did. <laughs> But he's like, I'm going to go into the players' parking lot and wait him out. And that's what he did. And you know he did that. I love it, man. Dex, any final thoughts from you here before we get to he, old he's, tweets exposed? Uh, he's my king. He's absolutely my king. I, I love this kind of demeanor. Minnesota sports needs this kind of guy. I get that at the end of the day, uh, oh, well, can Josh Johnson pitch? No, he can't pitch. There are other ways to go about us addressing why your pitching has failed but if, if you're not recognizing how important his impact is to this team and how much us in Minnesota are just so passive-aggressive and we want guys to be quiet and work hard, but then we call out Joe Mowers and we call out the guys for not showing enough passion or we, or we, we complain about Kirk Cousins always throwing blame against other people, never taking it on himself, and then Josh Donaldson just gives an Oscar performance and we're like, oh, well, I don't care about that because this team sucks and this, 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 and that. Dude, reevaluate your priorities. Seriously, my but- God. But I think people care about it. I think that they were offended by what he said, which is even better. So, like, I, I think they were actually taken aback by the fact that this is a very, I don't know. It, it, I want I want JD on the left wing of the third line for the Wild <laughs> next season. Yeah, he, he does have will, hockey vibes. He's he got will big beat time the hockey crap vibes. out of you. Yeah, he big, big time He'll hockey He'll be good, but he'll also beat you up. He will go in the corners. Yeah. All right. Declan presents every single week here a trip through the Twitter archives, going through and exposing all of the uh, 
wrong and off base mm-hmm. and hot takey things we have tweeted throughout the last decade plus. So we'll see who takes the the crown this week. Let's do it. All right. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about Ben Simmons uh, over the last like few weeks now. We just had Doogie on giving out trade ideas. And, you know, you know, could, could you get him without D'Lo? You know, he's he's kind of uh, fallen off from grace a little bit. Still a good player. Still a very good player. But um, I want to bring a tweet to the table from 2018 from Phil Mackey. Uh, it was a Chris Mannix quote tweet. And he says, you're the GM of an expansion team. You have your choice of any NBA player or Brad Stevens. Who do you choose? Man, I think I choose Ben Simmons. But this is a tough question. Stevens is magic. Three years <laughs> later, Phil Mackey, if right. you could take any player, would it be Ben Simmons? Um. Wow. So many things are wrong about this because Stevens is not as magic as people true. thought. He's no longer going to be coaching. Yeah, he he's a good. Up, he, he got kicked upstairs. He's a good coach. He's a good coach, but he's yeah. not magic. Yep. And I think I said Ben Simmons just because of all the hype coming out of college and because he was under team control. You know, for a pretty cheap deal until sure. he signed the max. But yeah, this was. Uh, now I now if he had said. You are the GM of an expansion team, and you have to choose Ben Simmons or Brad Stevens, and it right. was only a choice. But but he's giving the choice of any, any NBA player in 2018, and I chose Ben Simmons. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty aggressive. Phil's got a lead, leader yeah, in the clubhouse here for sure. Yeah. All right, Mr. Judd Zolgad, uh, you've been clamoring for more uh, Nick Gordon, and rightfully so. I I want Nick Gordon to play more. You know, sure. I I think uh, he deserves night. more playing time. Tarnier robbed a Little center field in his game. You know, he's yep. a little slap hitter. He's probably not going to hit very much power, but he can steal some bases and play some good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on March 20th, 2020, 21, watching Andrelton Simmons play shortstop for the Twins this season is going to be a treat for fans. Yep. <laughs> such a treat. Yep, I thought it was it's going such a to treat. Be. Well, and, and you know uh, what? He is he cool. is fun to watch play shortstop, but he serves no purpose here being on a crappy team. <clears throat> Listen, I have. I have plenty of incriminating Andrelton Simmons uh, excited tweets from when they signed him. And I and I, I was excited about him, Colome, and not excited about Hap, but I understood the Hap signing because Hap's yeah, a, yeah. He's a, been a good, solid pitcher. Uh, Andrelton Simmons, if you start to dig into the data here, he has had one of the worst defensive uh, – I'm not going to say offense. He's always been kind of a mediocre offensive player. But he's had one of the better – or one of the worst defensive seasons of his career at shortstop. So he has been anything but a tree. Started opening day. Era opening day. Oh, I see what you're saying. He made a bad throw, right? No, he no, he dropped a ball at Milwaukee. He dropped the ball from yeah. Sano. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to break my rule a little bit. Instead of a tweet, I'm going to use a Facebook status that came okay. across my timeline uh, two or three days ago, and I saved it. Um, oh boy. Yeah. June 29, 2011. <laughs> Gotta love Scott Baker. <laughs> Just my, my right, ridiculous love I for love, Scott I, Baker. I love looking at the like the game logs for these. So this is June so 29th. So yeah, he probably this was either the night of a start or the day yeah. after a start, or maybe I was just drunk after and you this know, is the it's happening grand party run, happening. Right, yeah, this, this is smack is, dab in the middle of the it's happening run. It's happening run. Yep. Okay. So uh he, Scott, those t-shirts Scott, up. And Scott Baker was pretty damn good in 2011 before his arm fell off. He was a pretty good pitcher. That's Scott year. Baker was a good pitcher. That's, that's I, actually I liked, very true. I liked Scott Baker. Yeah, oh, man. Wrong, but you weren't Oh, wrong. man. Okay. Wow, dude. So Scott Baker, this was, again, this is right in the middle of, like, the Twins had been the best team in baseball at this point for about a month. 
and they're clawing their way back into this thing. June 29th, 2011, it was a home series against the Dodgers. If you remember, I think they lost the first game of that series, like 15 to nothing or something mm-hmm. coming out. And it was because they had a little losing streak in there. They had, they had lost like a bunch of games to Milwaukee and I think the Dodgers to kind of derail the it's happening. But then they climbed right back on the horse and they beat the Dodgers one to nothing. And Scott Baker went seven and a third. No earned runs, no runs allowed at all, and nine strikeouts in seven and a third, 119 pitches, which you would never see a Twins pitcher get up to oh my God. in 2021. <laughs> Just an absolute horse of a start for Scott Baker. So you know what? It's kind of funny because Scott Baker is a little bit of a punchline, but he's underrated. Yes. And he was excellent on June 29th of 2011. So, Dex, we're going to get your – I think you're in the clear on oh, that Oh, I've one. got my vote. It's me, isn't it? Phil Mackey wins. You all took right. you took Ben Simmons. I mean, of all the players in the NBA, yeah. literally of like all the y- players, Giannis, LeBron, even LeBron. Le- why Steph. didn't I choose LeBron or Durant? Durant. And Ben Simmons. Chris Paul. You must, you must have been thinking financially. You must have been thinking with the rookie contract or something. Or yeah, I, I, I just bored. We love Brad Stevens, too. Had a couple Stevens, you were, fingers of bourbon and yeah, I don't know. You were starstruck. You were starting your eyes. I need a... Uh, I just need this one more time here. One he more. said, I wish he'd say it to my face, right? Well, I did say it to his face. We, we, we had a talk last night. And let's just, let's just be quite frank with this. He didn't have much to say. I, mean, <laughs> I just got the bat. <laughs> Lucas, what's oh, going on, man? God, dude. It's like a soprano oh, scene. And we're like going to drive this guy out of town. We're going to drive this guy out of town. Yep. He makes us well, too he's uncomfortable. Not like, he's not likable enough for me. Makes us too uncomfortable. I, I want likable people. I want mm-hmm. nice people. What You know what I, what I was thinking about last night as I rested my head on my pillow after seeing that Twins Daily Post? I'm like, Josh Donaldson's very prominent on social media. He's probably going to see this and just be done. Like, he's just going to think, oh, yeah, screw the Twins. Oh, he'll respond. Well, I'm he's saying, like, he's, he's just going to, like, not want to play here anymore. Like, I want him to play here. If he's going to be healthy and play, like, I want him to play here next year. You're not going to get anything for him. No one's going to eat the contract. You might as well just keep him on the team. And, you know, when we react in the way that we react to his fire, he's probably not going to want to play here. He will. uh, I'd love to see him respond, though. Yep. Wouldn't you? Trevor Plouffe responded. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Gave like a like a puzzled gif. Like you got the Friday gif. Yeah, (laughs) it was great. I love Plouffe. All right, we got to go before Judd beats us over the head in the parking yeah, lot with this bad here. I got my right. Dodgers mini bat out. Yeah. Thanks Come for on, hanging out with us on Mackie and Judd. And don't forget uh, Rom-Com Rewind on the show tomorrow. Daily mm. Minnesota Sports Entertainment, and we want championships as far away as they seem for this Twins ball club. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.